man, I love Christmas time. Anybody that knows me knows I love Christmas time. Man, I love the house getting decorated. I'm the guy that, man, it starts November, and I'm asking Christine, when you decorating the house? And every year she's like, I'm not decorating the house until after Thanksgiving. And I wear down every year about two weeks before Thanksgiving, man, the house starts getting decorated. I love going to look at Christmas lights. Man, I love Christmas music. I love Christmas movies. I don't know that if it's just after 11 months of the same old, same old, I love change and I love that there's something different, but I love Christmas, man. Tis the season to be jolly. Yet there's not a lot of jolly that happens during Christmas. It looks good in the movies. It sounds good in the songs. But really what happens is it becomes one of the most stressful times of the year. And I have preached series after series on how to deal with the stress during the holidays, and that's not what this series is going to be about. But I also think Christmas, for me personally, it's the end of the year, and I'm a big evaluator. I love to look back over the previous year and evaluate my life and evaluate the lessons that I've learned and evaluate things that I need to improve. And I like to evaluate the lessons that I've learned during the year. And I was writing down in my notebook a couple of weeks ago, just writing down words they popped into my mind and lessons that I've learned. And over and over, I kept going back to the first word that I wrote down, 2019 for me has been a year of learning the power of forgiveness. I don't know that there's ever been a time in my life, and let me, let me stress this. When you are who I am, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but when you're public and everything you do is scrutinized and criticized, man, you get attacked a lot. I'm used to that. It doesn't faze me. It doesn't bother me. I could give two rips about it. I remember I moved here 15 years ago and started a church that had never been done like that in this area. And so I'm used to criticism. But 2019 kind of took the attacks to a different level because they were very personal. They were very personal to people who were close to us and that we had done life with. And dare I say, in many aspects, considered some of my best friends. And it was a hard year. And it was a year where I could allow that to either consume me or I could get to the point in my life where I gave myself the greatest gift you can give yourself. And that is the gift of forgiveness. As we enter into the holidays, I think the gift of forgiveness kind of takes a whole new meaning because what happens is the holidays are that time of year where you can't avoid the people many times that need the forgiveness. A lot of times, if your unforgiveness is towards an ex-spouse due to the holidays and your children, you're around that person more, trying to coordinate with this person, that person, you have to be around that person more. If the unforgiveness is towards a family member, the family's getting together during the holidays and that sense of unforgiveness is heightened. If it's someone at your work, there's Christmas parties and Christmas get-togethers. And it just seems like during the month of December, we're around people more than we normally are. So therefore, the person who needs our forgiveness so many times, we're in contact with that person a whole lot more. Tis the season to forgive. I want to talk to you about that subject today. And I want to talk to you about some misconceptions about forgiveness. Because I think so many times we think forgiveness means forgetting. And that doesn't mean forgetting. I think so many times that we think forgiveness is for the person who's wronged us, and it is so not for the person who's wronged us. Forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself. It's an amazing gift that releases you from the anger and the bitterness and the frustration that you get up with every day towards the person who's wronged you or is continually wronging you. Because I've got a newsflash for you, and this is a real hard truth for us to accept. The person who wronged you isn't thinking about you. They don't get up every day and think about the fact that they hurt you. They don't get up and think about the fact that they attacked you. They don't get up and think about the fact that they attacked your family. They don't get up and think about the fact that they, in many ways, ruined your family. Or try, let's stress that. Let's change that wording. They've tried to ruin your family. You don't cross their mind. 
But you get up every day and replay what they did to you. So forgiveness is not for them. Forget them. Forgiveness is for you. Has anybody seen the old, an old prison movie or an old movie where there's a prison scene and somebody has the ball and chain? Remember back in the day, they would wrap the ball and chain around their ankle and they would go out and they would do the road work and they would have to go over. But everywhere they went, they would go out and they'd have this ball and chain around them. I did some research on that one time and those ball and chains literally weighed anywhere from 50 to 75 pounds. Can you imagine being on the side of the road doing road work or doing yard work or whatever it is as a prisoner and you're doing it with a 75-pound ball chained to your leg? Around 1940, they were outlawed in America because they were ruled so inhumane. They did so much damage. They, they would cause such severe damage to the prisoners. They would cause leg infections. Um, so many of the prisoners would have to have their legs amputated. That they, they caused severe back damage so the prisoners couldn't even do the work they were assigned to do. And, and it literally affected them in every aspect to the point they said some prisoners would try to cut their own foot off not to have this ball and chain clamped to them. I, I don't know if there's a better illustration of what unforgiveness is in our lives than that. When you're carrying around unforgiveness towards someone, even if the unforgiveness is justified, it's like carrying around this ball and chain, and it affects you in so many aspects. Normal day-to-day -day living, you can't do it because this 75-pound ball is clamped to your leg. You can't have healthy relationships because it's clamped to your leg. You can't function normal because it's um, clamped to your leg. You, you, you can't even many times work because there's such anger and bitterness that consumes you. From the moment you get up to the moment you go to bed, you're carrying around this ball, and that's exactly what unforgiveness is. And if this holiday season, as you're thinking about giving gifts to other people, I want to encourage you today, the best gift you can give yourself is the gift of unforgiveness. I don't have a message where I'm going to hoop and holler today. I don't have a message where I'm going to be all excited today. It's not going to be a funny message today, but it's going to be a very serious message because here's what I want for you today. I want you to experience the power of forgiveness. I, I want you to comprehend this concept today. Unleashing unforgiveness, excuse me, unleashing forgiveness is unbelievable. Unleashing forgiveness is unbelievable. It's the greatest feeling in the world. <laughs> Forgiving someone literally, literally, and I'm going to show you this today from the Word of God, affects every aspect of our life. We, when we hold on to unforgiveness, when we hold on to bitterness, when we hold on to anger to someone who has wronged us, we literally are allowing that person to control our life. But Gary, you don't know what they did to me. You're right. I'm not trying to minimize what they did to you. I'm not trying to ignore what they did to you. I'm not even trying to reconcile you and that person who wronged you today but I'm trying to allow you to live the life you were created for, and you can't live that life with anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness. Somebody say amen today. Amen. I'm telling you, when they have that grip on you, when you're angry towards that person, when you have bitterness and unforgiveness, they control you. They've hooked a ball and chain around your leg, and they're calling the shots in your life. Not only did they screw you, not only did they hurt you, not only did they wrong you, now they're dictating how you function in life. And so here's my question today, because before we go any further, I want this person at the forefront of your mind. Who's the ball and chain in your life? Who's the person that you can't let go who's wronged you. You know who they are. For some of you, it's something that happened in the last week. For some of you, it's something that happened years ago. And you're still holding on to it. Maybe it's the person that you're married to. They wronged you. They broke your trust. 
They betrayed you. You still love them. You're still with them. But your relationship will never be what it could be because you can't forgive them. Maybe it's a parent. Man, so many people, it's a parent. Somebody say amen. Man, it can be a parent who wronged us. It, it, it can be a friend. Let, let, let's change that. It, it can be a person we thought was a friend. It, it, it can be a co-worker. I, I don't know who it is today, a family member, a spouse, an old boss, but who is that person? I want you to think about them. I want the anger to start to swell up in you. I want that unforgiveness to start to swell up in you. I want your lips to start to get tight this morning. I, I want your jaws to get tight this morning. I want that anger to start to swell up. I don't even want you amening because I want you so pissed off you're thinking about them right now. And here's why. Because I'm going to show you how they're affecting you. I'm going to show you from the Bible today how they're affecting you. Here, here's an interesting thing that happened in the prison system after they outlawed the balls and chains, after they realized it was inhumane, they said prison escapes dropped. The prisoners no, no longer felt the need to try to escape because they didn't have that around them. They said prison morale went up. They said productivity increased because the prisoners were able to function without carrying around the extra 75 pounds around their ankles. In the same way, when you let go of that ball and chain that is chained to you, it will change your life. It's the most freeing thing you can ever experience in your life. It's the greatest gift you can get. It's almost like this thousand-pound weight is taken up off your chest. You no longer obsess over that person. You now have freedom to know you're the bigger person. You're the bigger person. And that person who hurt you is no longer allowed to hurt you anymore because you've released them of the debt that they owe you. Unleashing forgiveness is unbelievable. It's game-changing. And it affects us in so many ways. And today I want to show you those ways. The first thing it does, did you know that forgiveness affects us emotionally? It's one of those aspects that we don't think about, but it affects us emotionally. The Bible says this in Job 5.2, resentment kills a fool. That's a powerful word, kills. Resentment, it literally means to think again. It means to rehearse something over and over in your head. It's kind of like putting it on the rotisserie of your mind. It spins over and over. We just like to think about it. We like to take care of it. We just like to ponder on it. And the more we do that, the more it begins to kill us. And that's what happens when somebody wrongs us. You lay down to go to bed at night. You close your eyes. You're trying to go to sleep. And the person who wronged you what they did pops into your mind. The more our emotions become whacked, the more miserable we become as we think about what this person did to us. And guess what happens as I become more miserable? You know what I do? I make those around me miserable. Misery loves company. <laughs> well, when I'm feeling negative, shocker, I make sure everybody around me knows I feel negative. And guess what happens when I begin to feel negative? They begin to feel negative. Emotional issues are contagious. When Christine gets up and Christine's in a mood, guess what? And that rarely happens, like once every four years. She's about as close to perfect as they come. But every four years when she wakes up like that, Guess what? It affects the whole house. I watch it with our kids. The, the mood with our kids in the house is determined by the mood of Christine and I in the house. And when I'm miserable, and when I'm pondering, and when I'm angry, and one of you send me a screenshot of something that some idiot says, I begin to get mad and get frustrated, and I begin to control, and everyone around me can feel the emotional tension that begins to build. When I'm negative, I don't mean this intentionally, but I want you to be negative too. Uh, forgiveness affects us emotionally. 
When I started dealing with the issue of unforgiveness in my life, it, it's amazing. I became a totally different person. <laughs> Before my happiness would depend, listen to me, listen to me. My happiness would depend on whether or not the person who had wronged me was doing good or bad. How unhealthy is that? I'd get up and I would stalk their social media accounts. And <laughs> they had a bad day good. How unhealthy is that? How disgusting is that? Oh, life's going great for them and then I would be mad about it. Emotionally dependent around this person. And I became this negative person. And you know, have you ever been around a negative person? Somebody say amen. Don't point to your spouse. Is there anything more draining than a negative person? I, 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 I've learned in my life to start looking past the what and look to the why. Why are they so negative? And what I'm learning so many times is the reason people are so negative in life is because they've never experienced God's forgiveness in their own life. When you realize all the horrible things we've done, I got news for you. The Bible says all of sin and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. We're not perfect. We've all screwed up. We have all hurt people. We have all been crooked. We have all been deceitful. We have all been liars. And it's so easy to look at other people who've done those things and forget about the fact that we've done them. But when you look at God and the fact that God is forgiving, me and Chris were talking about something earlier today, and both of us looked at each other and said, not that we got a place to judge. Right in the middle of the conversation, we were talking about an old friend, asking about what was going on in that person's life, and this person's headed down some bad paths. And literally, at the same time, both of us looked at each other and said, not that either one of us can judge that. All we can do is be there for that person. <laughs> but here's the deal. When you've never experienced God's forgiveness, it's impossible to share God's forgiveness. I heard a preacher get up one day and say, negative people are like the poor. They'll always be with you. The difference is you can help the poor. It's so hard to help the negative. It takes a move of God to change a negative person to a positive person. They have to get to the point in their life where they're sick of carrying around that ball and chain. Man, it gets to the point where they, they, they've got to get sick of carrying that extra weight. It's got to wear them out, and unforgiveness will wear you out. <laughs> I have an iPhone, and it's supposed to be the cutting edge of technology. I've had an iPhone since the day the iPhone came out. I depend on my iPhone in almost every aspect. I do a lot of my sermon prep on my phone. I read the Bible on my phone. I listen to podcasts on my phone. It is the cutting edge of technology. Yet here's the deal. The thing only works half the time. It drops calls. Half the time the podcast frees up. Half the time I'm right in the middle of doing something and the app crashes. And, and technology has a way of over-promising and under-delivering. Technology has a way of over-promising and under-delivering. And unforgiveness is the same way. It over-promises and it under-delivers. Because here's the deal. We think holding resentment works. I know people who feed on resentment. Their day's coming. They think I've forgotten, but I'm going to get them. It fuels me. I'm anger. Anger works. And we convince ourselves that being angry and holding on to this unforgiveness works. But I've never seen a commercial on television that says resentment will refresh your spirit. <laughs> want to be alive? Want to be new? Want to be excited? Be resentful. You know, it eats around you. It makes you not want to be around certain people. We have certain family members that went through some stages in their life where they were so angry and so bitter. These people we love were like, what do we got to do to not be around them? They're driving us nuts with their negativity. <laughs> but when I take that step of faith and I allow God to unleash unforgiveness, when I allow God to handle the person that has wronged me, when I give the situation to God, I'm saying, God, you're a better judge than me. You can settle accounts better than me. 
You settle the score so much better than I can, and that takes serious faith. It begins to change my emotional state. It's freeing. There's positivity in my life. There's not grudge holding in my life. There's excitement and expectancy about life. I'm not living in the past anymore. And it's no longer affecting me emotionally anymore. Unforgiveness will eat our emotions alive. And it affects us emotionally. But you know something else about unforgiveness? Forgiveness affects us relationally. I'm telling you, it's the greatest gift you can give yourself because it affects you in every aspect. Not only does it affect you emotionally, it affects you relationally. There's a relational benefit that occurs the moment we unleash unforgiveness. I I, I think that we tend to undervalue or underestimate the power of relationships in our life. When When the relationships in our life are good, and again, this is something that Christine and I talk about all the time, When the relationships in our life are good, when we're around healthy people, when we're around people who are succeeding in life, when we're around drama-free people, I don't even know if that exists, but I've heard rumors, it's like the unicorn. If you find a drama-free person, bring them to us where we can study them. But when we're around healthy relationships, it changes our relationships. It changes our outlook on life. But so many of us, because we're negative, we surround ourselves with negative people. We're miserable. We surround ourselves with miserable people. What happens when someone's going through something? And then, boy, this is going to be real unsympathetic here, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because I believe you ought to find people, and you ought to be able to talk to people about stuff. But the problem is sometimes when people are going through stuff, that's all they want to talk about. And you see them coming, and you're like, oh, I love this person so much, but I don't want to talk about this issue again. Because first of all, they're not going to listen to anything I say. They're just going to keep repeating the same old patterns over and over and over. Everything they tell me, they already know the answer to. The problem is, though, they're hurt and they're holding on to unforgiveness instead of releasing unforgiveness that will literally change them relationally. The Bible says this in Ephesians 4.32, Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. This is a deep verse. This is willing, this is telling us to forgive in the present. Don't miss this. This is telling us to forgive in the present like Jesus forgave in the past. People are like, Gary, so doesn't get real deep. Let me get real deep with you for a minute. Theologically, this is called preemptive forgiveness. In other words, Jesus has already done, past tense, his part. He did the work before we ever thought about doing our part. He died on the cross for our sins, our transgressions, our wrongs. He forgave us of our sins. Don't miss this. Before we were ever even born and committed them. Holy smokes, preemptive forgiveness. Before we needed forgiving, Jesus forgave us. That's a challenging verse to me as a married man. That's a challenging verse to me as a father. That's a challenging verse to me as a pastor. That's a challenging verse to me as a human being. To involve myself in preemptive forgiveness. I should live life in such a state of forgiveness before I for, that I forgive others before they've ever even wronged me or asked for my forgiveness. I'll forgive them when they ask for it. Sometimes they're never going to ask for it. And again, if you're waiting for them to ask for it, you're forgiving them for them. It's not about them. You need to forgive for you. It releases you. i got to be real honest with you today. I don't care if I ever release the person who wronged me. That sounds a little bit selfish. But I'm not forgiving for them. I'm forgiving for me. Where I can be healthy. 
where I can have healthy relationships. This verse, preemptive forgiveness, it will literally change you relationally. Gary, I can't forgive until I feel like forgiving. Let me give you a little news flash. Let me confess a little something to you today. My name is Gary Lamb. I am the pastor of Action Church. And I will go toe-to-toe with any of you on holding a grudge. If I got to wait till I feel like forgiving to forgive, I'll take that to my grave. I'll tell you what you did 25 years ago, what you were wearing, what day of the week it was, and where we were when you wronged me. If I wait till I feel like forgiving, I'm never going to forgive. But if I have preemptive forgiveness in my mind, if I, if I can let go of something to give myself this amazing gift, it begins then to affect me relationally. Because here's the deal. I recently, in the last year or so, had a person, I would dare say one of my best friends, screw me over in a big way while I was trying to help that person. If I don't forgive that person, guess what happens? It affects all my other relationships. Because I'm worried that Bubba's going to screw me over now. I'm worried that Jeff's going to screw me over now. I'm living in a state of I won't get close to anybody. Because what if they screw me over? So many of you are that way in your dating life. You had a man do you wrong in the past. And you can't have a healthy relationship today because you're living in the past. You're worried that the new boyfriend's going to do what the old boyfriend did. How unfair is that to the new boyfriend? You still have a grudge to the old boyfriend, so you can't function with the new boyfriend because you can't operate in forgiveness, and it's affecting you relationally. I know a guy that, that, that had a kid later in life after having a kid younger in life, and, if, and the kid he had younger in life and him are not close, he won't get close to the kid that he had later in life because he's afraid it'll turn out like it did with the kid that he had younger in life. How unfair to the kid he had later in life? See, it affects us relationally. When we can't even forgive ourselves or forgive those who wronged us, it then we go into the next relationship with a grudge. It affects us. But Christ has preemptive forgiveness. You'll never have healthy relationships till you learn forgiveness in your life. <laughs> if I forgive them, I'm minimizing what they did to me. No, you're not. Let me stress this to you again. You're not minimizing what they did. You're giving yourself a gift that money can't touch. When I forgive someone, I'm giving God room to work in their lives, yes. I'm giving God room to take care of that situation. But I'm giving myself this amazing gift of no longer carrying around that ball and chain of bitterness anymore. I'm giving myself the opportunity to be the kind of person... Don't miss this. I'm giving myself the opportunity to be the kind of person that God was and God wants me to be. He forgave us 2,000 years ago on the cross before we ever even screwed up. Thank God for that. We've heard the, the saying that love binds all things together. Unforgiveness binds all things together too in a negative way. Your husband's committed horrible acts against you. And you can't forgive him and move on. You're still chained up to him. Your boss screwed you over. And now you won't give your best at your job. And you've got this wall up. Why? Because you've got that old boss chained to you. (laughs) Man, we don't realize that holding on to unforgiveness affects us relationally. You're missing out on relationally where God wants you because don't miss this, God created us for relationships. We were not created to do life alone. Let me give you a newsflash. People in life are going to hurt you. People that you love are going to break your trust. People that you want to, that you thought you could go to the world and back with, that you could go to war with and back are going to leave you on the battlefield. They did it to Jesus. One of the 12, Judas did it. So who do you think you are that it's not going to happen to you? 
But why would you allow one person screwing you over to allow you to miss out on the blessings of all the other relationships? We have a family member that thinks all men are evil. And they probably are. Won't give men a chance. Is going to grow old and alone and is bitter because men in her past have jerked her around. Now, the fact that she made poor choices with those men has nothing to do with it. But it's almost sad to know she's the last, the last probably two, 20 to 25 years of her life, she'll live alone because relationally she's carrying around unforgiveness. All men are pigs. Not the one man or the two men she dated that were pigs, but all men. See how that works? It affects us relationally. Hey, you know something else, and this is mind-boggling. I'm going to have to read a lot of this because there's so many stats. Forgiveness affects us physically. Forgiveness affects us physically. Seems a little bit crazy, doesn't it? But I told you, giving yourself the gift of unforgiveness changes your life emotionally, relationally, physically. (laughs) It's really simple. You ever had a small cut that got infected? Years ago, I was taking the trash out, and Ashlyn had broken a glass. I threw it in the trash can, and as I was walking to the trash can, the bag hit me and cut my leg about that big, small. For whatever reason, over the next couple of days, it never healed. Over the next couple of weeks, it got infected. It began to pus up. Months later, I still had this cut. I'm a single at the time, didn't know. I'm a dude, never thought about going to the doctor. I go to the doctor, it's got pus running out of it, and it's spreading down my leg. I can't sleep at night, my whole leg hurts. That's good, it's going to get better. (laughs) You know? That's what unforgiveness does to us. It it starts a little bit physically, and it begins to move on. Holding a grudge, not letting go, it it affects aspects of our body. It it, it begins to poison our entire system. (laughs) The Bible says this in Proverbs. Let me show you how far ahead the Bible was of science. Let me rock your world on how powerful this book is. The Bible says this in Proverbs 14, 30. A heart at peace gives life to the body. A person who's living with peace, a person who's living with forgiveness, gives life to the body. Our body feeds on that. I I love it because it just shows how incredible the Bible is. A recent study showed this. It showed that giving up grudges can reduce chronic back pain. Ain't that amazing? The grudges that lock up in our chest can literally lead to chronic back pain. The Bible says that. A heart of peace gives life to the body. We're running around from chiropractor to chiropractor trying to get our back fixed. And God's like, just forgive the person who wronged you. You know, another study found this, that forgiveness limited relapses among women battling substance abuse problems. Giving life to the body. Why? Because they're trying to mask that anger. They're trying to mask that bitterness. They're trying to mask that unforgiveness with chemicals. And God says, just forgive. You don't need to hide the pain when you forgive. An even more intriguing project explored how just thinking about empathy and reconciliation sparks activity in the brain's left side, (laughs) suggesting that we actually have a part of our brain that craves forgiveness. That's not a newsflash, though. The Bible's been telling us that for years. A heart at peace gives life to the body. Check this out. One study at Stanford University made sure to emphasize that forgiving doesn't mean condoning the offense. Made sure to say, by you forgiving, he's not saying you condone the the offense. God's not saying when we release someone, become best buddies with them. God's not saying just because you forgave someone means you need to go have Starbucks with them tomorrow night, okay? But the Stanford study said also that letting go of a grudge can slash one's stress level by up to 50%. So much of the stress in our life is brought on by unforgiveness to other people. Volunteers of the Stanford study who began to unleash unforgiveness showed improvements in their energy, their mood, 
their sleep quality, and their overall physical vitality. On, on average, they lost 60 pounds. Okay, I'm lying about the 60-pound part because I want to see if you're paying attention. But the rest was true, okay? It affects us physically. Everybody's like, I'm letting them go right now. Losing that weight. New year, new me. Forgive them or I can get skinny. God's amazing, is he not? A heart at peace gives life to the body. Some of you, I just, ugh, I'm on a rabbit trail for a minute. What time is it? Don't really care. I say this because I love you. Some of you are the most miserable people I have ever met in my life. I can't stand you walking through the back door of this church. Not because I don't love you, but because I know when I ask, how's it going? I'm going to about how horrible your life is, about how you've been wronged, about how you're dwelling on the fact that you've been wrong. Hey, let me give you a newsflash, and I say this in the most loving way. You've been done wrong. Get in line. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt to prove it. It's affecting your outlook on life. I have a friend of mine I've got really close with in the last year, and they were at my house recently, and I looked at him and I said, man, you seem better than I've ever seen you, and I've known you for a year. I said, what do you mean? I said, you're smiling. You just seem to have this air about you. And you know why they were that way? Because they had begun to accept some things in their life and had begun to release some things in their life. And it was amazing the physical transformation that happened in this person as I began to see them letting go of some things in their life. It was powerful. The Bible says that, though. Why would we be surprised by what the Bible says? You want purpose in life? You want vitality in life? You want happiness in life? You want joy in life? You want to be able to get up and live life for every moment? Goodness gracious, man, this gift of life is so precious. It's amazing. It's the most amazing thing we ever get to experience. Why would you not want to make the most of it? A heart at peace gives life to the body. I see this in my own life. You can see it physically in me. When you see me at stages like I am now where I'm gaining weight and I'm lethargic and I'm sleepy, the chances are, man, I've been dealing with some relational things that i got to get figured out. And as I begin to get my life right, it's amazing. I let those things go mentally, emotionally, relationally, and physically it begins to change my life. There's power in Forgiveness. Gosh, it's amazing. It's amazing. The Bible says this in Psalms 139. We know, we know this one of the most popular verses, one of my favorite verses. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that well. Do you see the brilliance of God when you look in the mirror? God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make junk. God doesn't make screw-ups. You are an amazing human being. And so many of you are living life less than your best simply because you can't forgive somebody who wronged you. And again, I didn't say forget it. Yeah, I didn't say forget it. I didn't say condone it. I didn't say let it go. I didn't say embrace them back into your life. But forgive them. So you can live life to the most. What do you think about what so-and-so says about you? Their opinion of me is none of my business. Do you know how freeing that is? I don't care. It took me years to get to that point in life. But I don't care. It's funny, some of you get more upset over people attacking me than I do. I wake up, and there's screenshots. You see what someone says? Bam, 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 bam. Who cares? Opinions are like buttholes. Everybody's got them, and they all stink. Quit worrying about it. You're looking for someone to hold a grudge to because you feed off negativity. Here's what I know. I can look myself in the mirror... 
And know in these certain situations, when I'm blameless, I'm blameless. And the ones that I'm not blameless, I evaluate and I make sure that, that I go back and fix those situations. I refuse to allow them to affect me. And when they begin to affect me, because I am human, she makes sure that I stay on track. And when it begins to affect her, I let her have her two or three moments. I'm like, you done? Let's get back on track. Embrace the anger for 60 seconds and move on. Because, man, you're affecting yourself physically. Why would you not want to be the best you physically that you can be? We're to the point now in life, here's what's sad about physical things in our life. When someone tries to better themselves physically, we make fun of them. Do we not? Why are you going to work, work out? Why'd you get a trainer? Why are you eating that salad? Walk outside and get shot by, shot by a car. Walk by, get hit by a car. Because you're miserable with your physicality. We want everyone else to be miserable with their physicality. Sad. We have accepted a mentality in our society of being less than... I'm on a rabbit trail for another minute. There's an acceptance mentality in our society that's killing us. You don't need to accept yourself no matter what. I don't expect you to amen to that, but I'm going I'm I'm to flesh it out for you. You need to love yourself no matter what. But if you look in the mirror and you're 250 pounds overweight and that makes you unhappy, then don't accept that. Get in the gym. Eat a salad. That's cold-hearted. Not trying to be cold-hearted. If you're happy being 250 pounds overweight, that's between you and cool. But we have this mentality that we have to accept ourselves no matter what. No, you don't. When I'm not living at my potential, I don't accept that. I love myself no matter what. So this love yourself and accept yourself have become one thing, and they're two different things. Love yourself no matter what. But love yourself enough not to accept that you're living life less than what you should be living it as. That has nothing to do with forgiveness, and I don't expect you to amen, because that's going to piss some of you off, because it goes so against what our society preaches today. Accept yourself is creating a lazy society. Love yourself enough that you don't accept less than you can be. I'm going to move on. Last of all today, I told you, you're not going to be the most exciting message. Forgiveness affects us emotionally, relationally, physically. It affects us spiritually. And when you stand praying, Luke, Mark 11, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. There's a story in the Bible of a dude who forgave another guy a $10 million debt. <coughs> guy owed him $10 million, and the guy forgave it. But the guy who was forgiven of the debt was approached the next day by somebody who owed him $11. And he didn't forgive the $11. The guy who forgave the same guy of $10 million brought him back in, threw him into jail until he could pay back the $10 million. Jesus closed that story out by saying this in Matthew 18. That's how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Here's what God's saying. If we don't forgive, he's going to come after us. If we don't forgive, we're, we will reap the consequences if we hold grudges. That doesn't mean he won't forgive us, but there'll be consequences of our unforgiveness. If we don't forgive those who've messed us around, we'll become imprisoned to that unforgiveness. And it begins to affect us spiritually. That's a tall order for a self-centered person like me. I can't do it naturally, but supernaturally, God can unleash that forgiveness. I can walk in forgiveness with the power of God. I can walk in freedom. In Luke 19, Jesus meets a guy named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Remember, he was a midget. I dig Zacchaeus. I wish we had a Zacchaeus in this church. Always wanted a little person. I want a little person. I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. I don't know if you should stop the tape right here. I've always wanted a little person like Kid Rock had a little person. That way when I'm like, you know the Bible says in John 3, 16, the little, little person, it's politically correct, is like, for God so loved the world. Like just a little hype man, that's what I want. 
So if you find a little man out there that you want to lead to Jesus to be my hype man, I think it would take our services to a whole nother level. Just throwing that out there. Please edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> he goes up to Zacchaeus, the wee little man. And he says, I'm going to your house today. We're going to have a power lunch today. Some of you are like, I'm never coming back to this church. That's cool. I get it. But if you see a little person out there, tell them I want to meet them. Now, Zacchaeus was a guy who routinely ripped people off. But when Jesus came along and met Zacchaeus, he changed his life so much that look what Zacchaeus did. He said, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Zacchaeus realized that when Jesus forgave him and he forgave others, it changed everything. When he understood the power of God's forgiveness, he couldn't help but seek out forgiveness for all the wrongs he had done. The Bible says this in Colossians 3.13, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I'm telling you today, tis the season to forgive. It will affect you emotionally. It will change you relationally. It will change you physically. And it will change you spiritually. But I also understand, sounds real simple. Gary, if I could forgive, I would forgive. How do we forgive? I'm not going to break these down, but I'm going to give them to you real quick. I'm going to give you a couple of starting points on how to forgive. The first thing we're going to do is you're going to consider the cross. You're going to consider the cross. You consider the fact that Jesus Christ forgave you. I want you to think about all the wicked things you've done in life. I can't even begin to think about the wicked things I've done in the last week. And the fact that God forgives you. What a selfish, hypocritical person to receive that forgiveness and not give it back. How dare you consider the cross? Second thing we're going to do is we're going to realize that resentment doesn't work. I showed you today, it doesn't work. What are you proving by holding on to unforgiveness? You're killing yourself. Realize it doesn't work. Quit convincing yourself that, man, if I can just get them back, if I can just see them and punch them in the face, I'll feel better. No, you won't. You will for two seconds. Then you'll be in jail, and you ain't going to feel better. Okay? I want to tell a story about my wife and something she did, but I didn't ask her beforehand, so I'm not going to. But trust me. Okay. She said, go ahead. So when I met my wife, about five, almost six years ago, she was going through a divorce. And my wife, as you could imagine, did not like the ex-husband's girlfriend who ran her jaw all the time. And she used to always say, I'm going to get her one day. I'm going to punch her in the face one day. So my wife thought it would be a good idea before church service at 9.45 on a Sunday morning in this parking lot right out here as the ex came to pick up Emily to punch the girlfriend in the face. Some of y'all remember that. It was an awesome Sunday morning. I'm in here mic checking. People in the back are waving. Get to the parking lot. Wham. To the face. I want you to ask my wife how good that felt. Because she'll tell you it felt good for about four seconds. Until I looked at her and said, hey, I need you to go home. The police are on the way. I still got to go preach a sermon. And you're fixing to go to jail. Oh, BTW, we were leaving the next morning to go on a cruise. Police show up. I knew the police. I said, hey, we'll come turn ourselves in later today. I got to go preach a sermon. Things most pastors have never had to say in their life. We go turn ourselves in. All of a sudden, they're wanting to get her some, some weird charge of doing it in front of a kid that would have been 72 hours in jail. Here's the problem. We're going to leave the next day to go on a cruise. We get that dropped. We pull some strings. We do some things. We use some connections. And then for the next year, we had to deal with that situation. That resentment didn't work. It didn't pan out. Now, over the last five and a half years, she's wanted to bust that woman in the face about a hundred million times. She ain't ever busted her in the face again. Here's why. She knows resentment doesn't work. 
<laughs> cost a whole lot more than a bust in the face. This ain't the old days where you could bust somebody in the face and it not end up on a cell phone. Tell you another funny story. I told my wife, I said, they're going to arrest you. I said, when they arrest you, do not smile. Do not look pretty. Because they're going to put you on the front of just busted. <laughs> About three weeks later, all of you start sending me the text message. Look who's on the cover of just busted. <laughs> I'm married to a cover girl. <laughs> you say, that's not very pastor wife-like. Ah, you know what? Welcome to Action Church. It is what it is. Let's just be honest. My point being, resentment doesn't work. You think you want that revenge. Nothing good comes from that revenge. And then last of all, as you're trying to figure out whether you can forgive someone, never forget, we'll need forgiveness soon. We're going to screw up. We're going to hurt people. We're going to mess up. And you're going to want that forgiveness that you wouldn't give. Gary, how do we forgive? We consider the cross. We realize that resentment doesn't work. And we just never forget we're going to need forgiveness one day. Hey, listen to me. Unleashing forgiveness is unbelievable. It's game-changing in your life. I know today there's some of you and you need to forgive somebody. Let me, let's back that up. Probably every one of you, Gary Lamb included, have someone you need to forgive today. You ought to do that. Not for them. Forget them. They screwed you over. But for you. Where you can live life the way God wants you to live life. Tis the season to be jolly. It's also just the season to forgive where 2020 can be your best year ever. I don't know where I'm going with the rest of this series. I might stay on forgiveness the next four weeks or I might do some individual topics. I, I keep going back and forth. But I feel like forgiveness is just a powerful thing. I'm dealing with it a lot with some of you right now. You're coming to me about grudges and not being able to forgive. And I get it. I'm not judging you. But ooh, I've been there. Recently, but I'm telling you, it'll destroy you. Emotionally, relationally, physically, and spiritually. So give yourself the best gift you can give this year.